0: Are we underestimating climate change-induced extreme rainfalls? And how much does the oil industry make in pure profits every year? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckett Sphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Monday, July 25th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some extreme weather events. China's heat wave continues this week, mainly for the coastal communities. Inland communities are keeping an eye on their dams as glaciers continue to melt. There will be accelerated glacier melt until Friday. And everyone's eyeing the power grid. The European heat wave is moving eastward into Poland, Greece, Italy, and Slovenia, though it's still impacting countries like Spain and Portugal. Wildfires are following the heat wave. Greece saw 390 forest fires in a week, with a large one being near Athens. Meanwhile, Poland is fighting one near Brzesko, and Italy has a fire near several cities, including Tuscany and Bologna. Fourteen cities in Italy faced the country's highest heat advisory on Friday. And in Slovenia, 400 people had to evacuate their homes due to wildfire risk. Over in the U.S., the heatwave continues in much of the east coast and the south, with many places reaching at or above 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius. Washington, D.C. reached 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 41 degrees Celsius on Thursday. What's scary is that hot days are feedback loops through the use of air conditioning because it results in more emissions directly and through additional grid use. ACs also will cause worse air pollution in areas readily used but not using the ac can mean death so obviously keep doing what you're doing to stay cool but investing in heat pumps or passive home renovation in the future might be a good idea to stay safe sustainably in the future and new nasa photos show lake mead is at its lowest point since 1937. the lake was made off of the colorado river using the hoover dam 1937 was when the lake was first filled As of July 18th, the lake is at 27% capacity. This is part of the west being in the worst drought it's been in 1,200 years. Snow is falling as rain in the mountains because winters are so warm, leading to little runoff by the summer. Lake Mead provides essential energy and water supply for 25 million people in several western states. Now for a climate study. One of the reasons we started calling it climate change more than global warming is because people only thought of the heat and drought. But flooding and extreme rainfall is more and more a threat as we're finding out. A recent Yale study found that climate modeling might underestimate how bad and frequent these extreme rainfalls are going to get. They already seem to be ahead of predictions, which is why the researcher wanted to look into it. One missing piece he looked at was something called precipitation efficiency, which is how much of the falling raindrop re-evaporates into the atmosphere before it hits the ground. Research and observation have shown climate change is increasing precipitation efficiency. So the study only looked at climate models that calculated the increase. The average of those studies came back with a possible two-fold increase in the volume of extreme rainfall in the 21st century compared with what all climate models average had indicated. This accurately explains why we keep being so surprised about how bad these rainfalls and flood events are. So sometimes the average of all studies is not always the best. I've got a little climate victory story for you. The electric bus builder Reborn Electric Motor just started constructing a factory in the world's top copper producer, Chile. The company expects the factory to produce 200 buses a year. This will hopefully help the country decarbonize its transport sector to head towards net zero emissions by 2050. Time for two climate fails. A new analysis hot off the press just determines that the oil and gas industry has delivered $2.8 billion, or 2.3 billion pounds, daily in pure profit for the last 50 years. That's an average of $1 trillion a year, and overall that's $15.2 trillion from 1969 to 2020. It's the money they use to buy every politician and legal system, run greenwashed ads, pay off legal troubles, and buy new permits. The analysis, based on the World Bank data, hasn't been published yet, but has already been deemed accurate by the University College London, the London School of Economics, and the Think Tank Carbon Tracker, according to The Guardian. It's likely the first long-term assessment of the sector's profits, which is crazy to me. The reviewers have called these numbers staggering. The nice thing about buying politicians is that they make the rent cheaper or without any requirements. 86% of this surplus has been attributed to oil rent. The lead author of the study says that, quote, it's real pure profit. They captured 1% of all the wealth in the world without doing anything for it. He added, quote, it's really stripping money from the alternatives. In every country, people have so much difficulty just to pay the gas and electricity bills and oil or petrol bill. And we don't have money left over to invest in renewables. The peak for profits was 2007 to 2014, specifically 2011, when they made $2.7 trillion. From 2014 to 2015, it substantially dropped from $2.1 trillion to $1 trillion when the Paris Climate Accord was signed. It has fluctuated since then, being at $0.8 trillion in 2020. I think it's going back up, unfortunately, but we'll have to wait and see for the numbers to come in. Okay, I normally don't share too much about, like, species and stuff, but this one's kind of personal. Monarch butterflies were just placed on the International Union for Conservation of Nature Red List of Threatened Species. This is super disheartening because they just saw resurgence earlier this year. The Western monarch's population has dropped by an estimated 99.9% between the 1980s and 2021. The Eastern monarchs, which represents most of the North American population, dropped by 84% from 1996 to 2014. Monarch butterflies are such cool creatures because they travel thousands of miles north over a few generations and all the way back in one generation. That means some individual butterflies fly 2,500 miles. Their demise is mainly due to an industrial use of the herbicide Roundup and climate change making weather events more extreme. Some change in dispersal has occurred, but scientists worry it's temporary. If you want to help the species and you live in North America, grow milkweed and other native plants and stop using Roundup. Also, advocate for sustainable agriculture practices. Let's stay in the U.S. for one more climate victory to end today's episode. The Environmental Protection Agency announced local tribes in Washington state will get $50 million from the Federal Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill to restore Puget Sound. Specifically, the money will go to the Northeast Indian Fisheries Commission, which supports 20 treaty tribes. This doubles the federal support the tribes previously had to conserve and restore the estuarine ecosystem. That involves infrastructure updates, water quality tests, monitoring, building climate resiliency, and working with commercial fisheries. And that was your climate recap for Monday, July 25th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becca Climate Corner YouTube channel. And don't forget, I'm on Twitch at 9am Pacific Standard Time today. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.